Um, uh, okay, I hope you can, you can hear me. Um, the last episode I did was actually episode, uh, I think it was 27. I, I might have, I, I think I did that one wrong. Uh, 26, rather. Um, I'll have to fix it. So this might be episode 27. I didn't even do that before. I didn't even look this up before I even had a chance. So, oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, um, you can find me. You can follow me at film underscore wonder on Twitter, film uh, underscore wonder on Instagram. You can also find my my recent writings at filmwonder.wordpress.com. Um, also, uh, filmwonder.blogger.com for my older uh, readings as well. Um, so you can find all that stuff there. Um, and hopefully you enjoy them. Um, I gotta put a couple of works on, but it's gonna take me a while because I'm quite busy. I'm always busy. Um, so, um, I don't want to start a show on a dour note, um, but um, you ever um, get a little tired of doing something you've you've um, been doing the last couple of years, and you had a good time. You kind of just you you kind of you find that you felt like you tapped the potential of. Um, like set event, I kind of realized I hit a wall with Supercon. Not because it's bad, but because I I think I've kind of got all of it, I got all the enjoyment out of it that I did. And I was thinking, I've been thinking for a while, um, what way can I sort of like rekindle my enjoyment of the con um, adventure? And I'm like, I might go out of town. I might go to Baltimore um, for Awesome Con, but not so much for the for Awesome Con, but so much for um, the podcasters that are up there who, you know, do events for 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 um, you know, as Awesome Con's going on or inside Awesome Con or outside Awesome Con. Like for example, um, this podcast I listen to, uh, the Insanity Check, um, on the Movie Trailer Reviews uh, Network. Um, Alongside uh, uh, Blackout Tips, uh, Ron Karen, um, Jay, Jay, and uh, his 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 folks at the Movie Apocalypse, um, and I don't know if they're all going to be there at uh, this is NegroCon. This is NegroCon, uh, sort of like sort of like they revolt against uh, AwesomeCon because AwesomeCon sort of did a did them wrong, and um, didn't um, allow them to to um to do the show they wanted to do over there because apparently I guess they, they were booked which you know to, you know I, I don't know how it all went but yeah it's kind of funny but um yeah I'm thinking like next year I might end up having I might end up going to awesome con Baltimore so I can um you know get more out of it now the weird part is is I guess it's gonna be in June so and I don't know how things are working on my apartment uh, or my move, my moving situation because um, you know my lease is up for around the end of June and, and well, technically J- July, but yeah, um, it's gonna be um, quite something. Yeah, um, if I do pull up, if I do go out, go along with this and and try to um, you know sort of like find some room with that, so. I've been thinking about about doing that and sort of, you know, stretching myself um, a lot more in places that I haven't been. Like the SuperCon's been okay. Like I've I, I've enjoyed it. Like I've not, I enjoyed SuperCon. I've enjoyed you know Paradise City Comic Con or once was known for course Magic City Comic Con. Um, I've also I've also um, 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 you know, enjoyed MizuCon. Um, this I only, I only went Sunday last year, and I'm like, I'm gonna go Sunday again this year. Um, as well, I don't, yeah. Um, so I've enjoyed, I, I've enjoyed the cons. You're just, you know, you, I kind of, I kind of want to try something different. And I, I don't usually go out of my state, um, because I have a fear of flying, and I, I, you know, I, and maybe it's the whole, maybe it's probably when I was watching Raymond when I was younger, and, and, uh, Raymond was uh, talking to Tom Cruise's character, uh, Raymond Babbitt, played by um, by uh, Dustin Hoffman. Because I, I had I've had this fear of flying probably since I watched that movie, and um, it's the whole um, you know uh, Qantas Airlines is you know better than you know American Airlines or 
or United or whatever, uh, because you know Qantas has a has a lower death rate uh, versus like those 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 airlines, I guess. And you know that kind of fear just stuck with me, you know. And you know the documentaries I watched of and and how you know certain companies pencil whip, meaning they they look at they look at a list of things that so and so you know uh, airplane has and. Um, um, for instance, let's say um, you have a propeller, right? You have your engines, right? You have all this stuff, right? But let's say it's not really going, it's not really well because, you know, because it, well, it's, it's, well, it's, well, according to them, it's well because they didn't really, you know, go through the regulations because, you know, because airlines have to go through such rigorous, I, just, I mean, let's just, I mean, uh, regulations for safety. Um, yeah, they have to check for those things, but in some cases, you know, some airlines have just pencil with it so for the interest of profit rather than safety. Um, I learned that shit from Frontline, and you know, I you know, something like that put me put me in check because you know I don't want to because the thing about me flying is is because I feel there's there's less control of you being able to control your destiny, and it sounds a little eerie because it is. Because because you, you, you have more of a chance to, you have less of a chance to control your destiny while you're flying compared to like uh, you know on you know on, on on the road when you're on the road and let's say um, you have a chance you you, you kind of lose your car or your SUV um, there is a bit of a chance you can correct it and, and not getting getting something to further accident like I mean here's an example I was driving uh, I think from a delivery um, by myself. Um, and I was driving uh, to Deerfield. I was driving, driving to my job, driving back to my job. And I saw this black BMW, like, sort of lose it, like, as I'm nearing, like, the exit, right? Like, this this car, this guy in the car, he loses it. He's trying to make a move on a car. He tries to pass him, um, you know, to, to, you know, to go where he's going. And I've never seen this on 985. I've never seen this. Like, the guy goes 360. And no one hits him. Like I, I, I pretty much got on the brakes like right before, um, you know, I'm, I'm like meeting her. Like I, I kind of see the incident happening, like probably like twenty feet away or thirty feet away rather. And he's like, he like spins around, and you know, and you know, he, he probably gets a stop to catch his breath. But still, there is no accident. Every like the, the the vehicle in front of him stops, and I'm thinking he's gonna be the one hits him, and then he just he loses it. And he, he, Danny Sullivan's the thing, and he just, just keeps on going about his day. You know, sort of that stuff. I'm not saying you have an opportunity to save your car, you know, typically, but I guess just that, that, that moment of, of having an opportunity to save your car. You just don't see that shit very often. And, uh, that's sort of my hang up. And hopefully I can sort of overcome that here and, you know, say, heck with it. I'm going to, you know, overcome it and, go meet these people that I've never met before and you know probably make some more friends that way and you know go about it that way so yeah um but also another thing too like I um Supercon events prior um it was in Miami Beach for you know quite some, for a long time um and it was at it was at the Miami um Miami Beach Convention Center, if I'm saying that right. Um and um I usually got a hotel at a Hilton or um if it were like I think Lincoln or something or or yeah, um where the um was it the Miami Beach Convention uh, I forget. I forget basically. Um because they had it, they had it there too for the last, you know, few years and stuff. And um, I usually get a hotel from, you know, not far from there, so I can go to and back. Um, last couple of years I've done it, but but since I'm in Tamarack, and since this one is in Fort Lauderdale, and the drive is like 24 minutes away, like I'm, I'm not gonna, I don't feel so inclined to get a hotel unless I need to get a hotel to sleep because. Um, let's say if I'm drunk and I'm on a drive home and I don't, I don't feel like I'm up to it, hey, I can get a, get a hotel, you know, for a day or two, you know, to 
um, to you know to feel like you're fine and stuff. And and that's sort of sort of the line I'm sort of currently going through. Like I'm sort of like I don't know right now. I'm like okay, I need to get a hotel right now. I'll be fine. You know, I can suck it up and and drive on to it. But you know, what if I can't? You know, what if you can't drive back? <laughs> um, and you feel nauseous and you feel you feel funny. Um, because you you have so many drinks in you and you know especially um with the way um our current uh situation is going on in the country and with uh, law enforcement um yeah you, i don't want to play around with that so i i might probably for i i'm i'm considering i might probably for the next you know couple of you know probably those couple of days i might or just a day if i need a day you know just rent a hotel i mean like you know get a hotel for at least one day and then like I'll, i should be fine after that like i don't need a i don't need like a room for you know the whole like day because i have i have an apartment i stay at um or i can just probably go home a little early and you know sort of you know recover and come back next day um i'm, I'm thinking of i'm thinking of a lot of things of what i'm gonna do to do with this um but i guess this super con like this it should be fun i guess um Lita from wrestling from WWE wrestling is going to be there. Lavar Burton's going to be there. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, um, um, what's her name? Um, from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Karen Gillian. Uh, Karen Gillian. Uh, oh, she's also on Doctor Who. But Karen Gillian um, is going to be there. I might do a photo op with her and uh, Lavar Burton. Uh, I know Pretty Capaldi is going to be there, and like there's like a deal where you get you get a VIP ticket and um, uh, you get to meet him for Q and A. I'm not a Doctor Who fan, but you know those that listen to this podcast who you know are looking forward to that. Hey, you know got, got that deal, so you know good for you. You picked that deal up. Um, Teddy Long is going to be there. I might do a I might do a selfie with that dude. Uh, been a big fan of him since um, you know he was a referee, and then he he became you know the greatest general manager of all time on SmackDown history. Uh, <laughs> so there's that. Um, so he's going to be there. Leva Bates is going to be there. Um, I kind of want to, well, I did see, I did meet Leva Bates technically, and I I laughed so hard while she was having a conversation with a voice actress, and I just, yeah, she felt a little uncomfortable. I might have to talk to her and tell her, hey, that was me. That was me. <laughs> just, so, you know, I don't, I don't know how she feels about that, but I kind of want to tell her when I meet her. Um, you know, like those, are like the extent of the people that are gonna be there. Um, you know, some good artists are gonna be there. Um, they're gonna have wrestling. Um, they're gonna have um, you know celebrity events where you know you just get hang with celebrities. And I got a VIP uh, ticket for that, so I might. I don't know what I'll do with that, but I'm. But I usually do that every year um, because I got the money. I can spend the money for it. So that's how to, how I treated that situation. Um, but. I have a little fatigue of it, but you know, I'm, you know, I'll keep doing it until I don't do it anymore or I don't want to do it anymore. Or, you know, if I want to settle down, but I, but I don't want to settle down. I've, I've never had an opportunity to, you know, live my life the way I want to. So I've, I've been doing that as of late. And, uh, you know, hopefully next month when I get, when I take my break, I can do that. So, uh, now that's out of the way. Oh, um, Marvel released a new trailer of uh, of this little movie called Black Panther. Um, yeah, it was great. Um, it, it went on during the uh, Game Four of the NBA Finals, um, and uh, when I saw it, I basically lit up. Um, full disclosure: I haven't read a lot of Ta-Nehisi Coates' run. I've read like one or two issues of the run. Um, I've kind of been stacking up issues so I can, you know, eventually catch up with them. Um, but to no avail, and I say to no avail because I I have just I've been crammed just with work and um, trying to get other stuff with the podcast or with um, with um, you know with Steve Rogers and uh, Sam Wilson. I've been that's kind of like the only comic book I've been reading, but I haven't really had a chance to sit down and like really get to know T'Challa, the Dora, um, Naja. If I'm saying their name right and for those that, that listen to this, forgive me uh, for my pronunciation. It, it, it's messed up. But um, but uh, just seeing all those black people on, on screen, seeing black women especially, just kick a lot of ass. You don't see that a lot of cinema. It's, you know, it's, it's sort of, it, it feels like lip service. And, and it feels like with this movie, it feels like, you know, Marvel is like, 
yo, um, we going all in with this. And uh, why the hell not? I could play it again, and uh, I can sort of get, get all giddy about the, the goodness of this trailer. So I'm shut the hell up and uh, let y'all listen to this glorious Stan Lowe's three. Stan Lowe's three. Tell me something. What do you know about Wakanda? It's a third world country. Textiles, shepherds, cool outfits, all the front. Explorers have searched for it. Called it El. That's Andy Circus. Andy Circus and um, Martin Freeman. Um, uh, Circus was in Age of Ultron as Uzi's Claw, and uh, I forgot a uh, Martin Freeman character's name. Uh, that's Everett, I think. Everett, Everett Ross, I think that's his character's name. Uh, having a conversation. Dorado. They looked for it in South America. But it was in Africa the whole time. I'm the only one who's seen it. And made it out alive. Everyone's armed. Locked and loaded. Uh, they don't know what's coming. Yep. And uh, here it is. Chadwick Boseman's so good. He's looking at he's looking at he's looking at Uses Claw, who's saying, "I can see you," and he's like, "Is this motherfucker serious? You don't know who you're fucking with, bro. I saw you cut your hand cut by Ultron, bitch. I know Ultron. I'm T'Challa, bitch." The world is changing. Soon, there will only be the conquered and the conquerors. Step into the spotlight. You are a good man. Step into the spotlight. With a good heart. And it's hard for a good man to be a king. better and better as I as I've watched it I've watched it at least probably at least eight nine times and, and I had that I have I think it's I think it's a killer Mike's uh, uh, I think that song um, uh, I had that bit in my head and I can't get it out and I don't want it ever I don't want it to ever come out I have my issue with killer Mike on a couple of other issues being the fact he's Bernie Broly and hotel uh, but there's no not mind that man can make some music and make that shit pop and uh yeah, man, I, I can't wait for it to come out and uh, set a lot of records, and it's on Black History, so um, it should be a lot of fun. Um, I'll get to this later, but um, yeah, I saw The Mummy today. Um, I didn't finish it because um, my theater um, had sound issues, and eventually it, it, it permeated through every screen. And everywhere in the theater, so we had to um, depart it. And I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on TV to finish it. But um, Tom, Tom is gonna be, is he, is Tom Cruise gonna be doing stunts till he's, till, till he, he's, he's nothing but just carving. He's just gonna just keep doing this, right? I, I, I saw a part in that, in that movie of the Mummy, and this dude um, is like, he's like, he's white duding it, this. Like, where's your sense of adventure? And uh, his damn ego gets the gets the worst of him as like you know they're in Iraq, you know, uh, you know, trying to get this this uh, this treasure of some sort. 
and um, you know they're getting they get fired and like all sides stuff. And I'm just like, look at this motherfucker just doing this shit. He's got this movie coming out. He's got American Made uh, where he's playing Barry Seal, uh, who was once um, sort of like you know their their their, their main man for the CIA where he was transporting. Um, um, weapons and drugs and all sorts of shit uh, to uh, Pablo uh, Pablo Escobar and you know other people um, you know back in the eighties. Uh, so and uh, he's got he's got Mission Impossible six in twenty eighteen. He'd be fifty six years old, still doing this. And you wouldn't think that a guy of that of that stature and of his age he would just hang it up. But he just doesn't. He's, I mean, God rest his soul. You know, Roger Moore. You know, did. Um, Due to a kill at 58 years old. I mean, I mean, Tom Cruise has been, he's still, he's at the top of his game. And I'll get to, you know, the mummies, you know, tally uh, gross overall, you know, over the weekend. Um, I mean, I'll spoil it. It wasn't really good here, but it was really, it was really good overseas because Tom Cruise, it, it don't matter. He, he's, he's box office gold anyway. Anywhere, um, Mission Impossible, um, Edge of Tomorrow, um, not a success here, but it did well overseas, and you know, for that reason, we'll get a sequel from that movie. It's just, it's amazing, it's amazing that a guy who's been in, who's been doing this for over thirty-five years, just he just keeps on ticking, and he just he does he does he doesn't stop, um. He's not the most versatile actor, range wise. I mean, he doesn't do a lot of like movies that require him, you know, to sort of like do a lot of acting per se. I mean, aside from Les Gross, in which you know we've never seen Tom Cruise be that funny. I mean, to this day, that's like you know one of Tom Cruise's like his top three performance, um, probably his best performance to date. Rather, um, I'd say Mission Minority Report uh, is probably up there um, as, as far as like you know stellar performances by Cruise. But he he just has that innate ability to get to get a guy like me, for example, sort of like amped for something as pedestrian as the mummy. The the mummy, you know, at first glance isn't re- doesn't really seem like a movie I want to watch. But I'm like, here comes this dude, you know, who's gonna just kind of power through an otherwise you know mediocre movie and just make it fun. And you know, I just he's always fun on screen. Even the movies I didn't like that he made, he just makes it fun. And he makes it a fun experience for all of his cast members. Um, and he makes everyone feel like a kid. Um, I think Sophia Butella uh, was interviewed uh, by Sci-Fi. Um, um, and, and uh, you know, has an admiration for him. For him. Anna, Anna, as Annabelle Wallace, I think, you know, his co-star in The Mummy. Um, same thing, you know, just there's a, you know... A, a, a lot of respect uh, for what he does. Um, when he did Mission Impossible Five, like you know, doing that shit, like I'm not sure they made some shortcuts for him for some, some of the stuff he did. It's like I'm sure they did because you don't wanna, you don't lose that money. Um, you know, Tom Cruise can't do everything. You know, he can't do everything. Like you, you gotta you know make sure that you're star that's going to be killed on set um I mean Rebecca Ferguson has a lot of respect for him and to be very honest Rebecca Ferguson outshined Tom Cruise or instance that movie because Rebecca Ferguson kept bailing his ass out in that movie um as uh, as La Frost um it's a great role for um, um Rebecca so um yeah I think um when I do see it I'm, I, I don't have any expectations for it as far as like a good time and Tom Cruise just gives you a good time. He he he's like he for that reason will be invited to my cookout. Just as long as we got motorcycle dance, we'll be on um, one hundred six one hundred six one hundred six in Park on BET uh, when he's promoting Collateral uh, with Jamie Fox. Yeah, that shit was awkward, real awkward. Uh, speaking of awkward, um, saw uh, why it comes at night. Uh, which got a D minus by uh, Cinema Score, which my petty about the movie is so high popping, man. Uh, I have so many problems with that movie. 
I don't hate it. I don't hate it because there's there there was something there to it. But the main problem with the movie was this director. Uh, I think it's Trey Edward Schultz. Um, I think it is a movie called Chris, or, uh, Krishna, which I haven't seen yet. But apparently, I heard some good things about it. Um, uh, it's from one of my favorite studios, A twenty four. Um, and it's about a family who's like, you know, boarded up, um, from the world, a a world that is like, has a, like, has a a vast disease problem. And, um, yeah, they, they meet this guy who's trying to find water and storage and, um, you know, uh, character, um, you know, sort of brings him and his family to their, you know, to their home. And, uh, you know, through it all, like, you know, some stuff happens, like, like the Travis character, you know, has weird dreams. Um, and that's kind of like my biggest problem with the movie was that character. Like he, like the actor, I think it's Kelvin, it's Kelvin. I want to say Kelvin, let me look him up. Um, let me look at my phone. Um, it takes too, it takes too long sometimes on my laptop. Um, so let me look this cat up and, uh, the cast, um. Let's see. Let's see what the dude's name is. Uh, Kelvin Harrison Jr. Uh, he plays Travis. So, for instance, like he's like the most interesting character in the movie, but it, but at the same time, he's like the most confusing character because of the way the because the way the character and the way the direction it doesn't really flow to the entirety of the movie because it kind of just it feels like it jumps around because there's you know one you have it's like ninety something minutes, uh, the movie's like ninety something minutes, and also. Also, they don't. He's not a good storyteller as far as like you know getting the whole plot together. So it, it's like a lot of jumping around. Like he dreams, and then oh, it's back to you know uh, you know present day, and you know they dream whatever. He dreams a lot and stuff, and you know some you know stuff happens along the way. Like I I, I think like days later I was able to figure out, but at the same time, I it it, it didn't change the fact that the movie felt a little confusing because there was a lot of like cheap scares too um there's a lot of that too like we don't know what this this illness does we don't know you know what it what it's supposed to do how it affects the people like inside um that of that um that house it's just nothing is further explained with any reason at all it just it 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 was so disappointing that i laughed out of the theater once that shit ended and I was like, come on, man. Come on. That is your ending? I was like, I got nothing. And I, and I was shitting on it like, on Instagram. And I still meant those words. But I'm like, I, I had to step a step back because I was like, the acting's not bad. But the story, it just, it, it robs the whole film. Because there is a good movie there. It's just, it. The problem is it's the the way it's structured and it's just not good. And like even audiences have applied have replied like you know like I said I gave it a B minus like if this movie's gonna this movie will probably only last in the top ten next week it'll be outside the top ten like for sure. Um, and eight twenty four will have to like you know cut a lot of screenings for it because audiences are like yeah this is a crud of shit and apparently critics were slicing the hell out of it but it's it's not good. There's nothing good about this. So. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't see it. I wouldn't recommend the worst person to see it. So. That's the thing. Um, so I guess I can go on to the news. Um, hopefully once this uh, deadline uh, article um um, gets to doing what it needs to do, but it's failing me right now. So I'm keep talking as I can try to find an article on um, um, Wonder Woman, and it's being slow again. Uh, hold on one second.
Loading up, loading up, loading up, loading up. Okay, one second. Dan Spinning Ball. Okay, here we go. Um, this is from Deadline.com. Um, the Mummy Unearths $142 million offshore, uh, $174.4 million global. One woman flies to $230 million at the international box office. Um, so I'm going to talk about The Mummy, really, um, because, um, yeah, it made $32 million here. So, you know, it, it's not going to have a, a good um, – it's not gonna have a good. It's not gonna have good legs. Um, I, I think Cars two, Cars three, Rough Night, Forty Seven Meters, like like those movies are gonna have a are gonna give that movie some fits. So, um, I I, I do think that will um, hurt it. Um, but as far as like future aspirations for the Dark Universe, I mean, I guess depending on what it does internationally, like if. It holds there. I guess we'll see more of these movies, but I mean, quick before I go into the you know the box office tally, like the biggest problem with the Dark Universe is you have a lot of leads that are like in their fifties and forties, um, um, and yeah, I don't know how you're going to sort of do a universe in which really you don't really have a lot of material to work with. And I think that's gonna be the biggest problem with that in that universe. It, it kind of just feels like, hey, um, um, Disney's doing their movie universe with Marvel, and DC's doing their movie universe with um, uh, Warner Bros. doing their movie universe with DC, and apparently Valiant's gonna be doing their universe uh, under Sony, I think. And you know, Fox, of course, with X Men, and, and of course, Sony with Spider Man. Um, you know, it's just I don't know what they're thinking. Um, and I can tell you what, um, it's made, um, overseas, um, let's see, Universal's The Mummy rose from Saturday projection to an estimated 104.8 million, uh, weekend launch in the 363 international box office markets, uh, the worldwide total is on track for $174 million through today, though th- those figures give Star Tom Cruise's biggest offshore and global openings ever. With number one at forty six months, goddamn the movie monster movie, monster movie is also tops for Cruise at twenty six. China leads with a very solid thirty two point two million. Jesus Christ! As noted over the weekend, um, it might be it might seem probable that Cruise would clear his top seas and global bows given ever given the critical bashing this Dark Universe star has taken domestically. It, yeah, I saw it has like seventy percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Woo! Yeah, it's, it's getting cream. Um, so yeah, it, it's having its effects here, but internationally, cruise star power is combined with growth in key and emerging markets, and the fact that the initial rollout of this pig includes China. His uh, previous top international and worldwide openings were with uh, Steven Spielberg's 2005 uh, sci-fi thriller World of Worlds, uh, which uh, 102.5 million, uh, 7.4. Um, uh, that film's first rollout did not include such key markets as Korea or France, but it did include Germany and, and Japan. China was not a major factor back then. France and Japan have yet to unwrap the mummy. More recently, Mission Possible and Rogue Nation, a loaded comp given the film's franchise history, but it's 4.5 million in just 40 markets, including Korea, UK, Mexico, and excluding China, Japan, Brazil, and France. And like I said about Tom Cruise, so just the man is just he's international gold. There is just, there is nothing you can do to stop him. I mean, there are exceptions. Uh, that that uh, Stacy Jacks movie, that uh, school, uh, that Rock Rock of Ages movie didn't do well, um, if I recall. Um, that movie was uh, under did underwhelm here and underwhelm overseas because you know people don't want to see Tom Cruise in a musical. You know, I mean, Tom Cruise, you know, I guess he's put himself in there. I don't know. Um, but uh, I know that didn't do well. Night and day didn't do that well. Um, but Mission Impossible, which I would honestly say has probably been the very thing that's kind of kept his kept his career afloat. You know, even 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 Mission Impossible three, which you know suffered both internationally and domestically with um, um, his controversy um, with um, uh, Katie Holmes with uh, Scientology, um, uh, some opinions about Scientology, which. Uh, uh, which caused Paramount to cut ties with him, him and uh, Lindsey Wagner. Um, 
I think it was, yeah, it was United Artists, I think, because they had a deal with them, you know, for many years, for 20-something, for, like, you know, nearly 20 years. And uh, they broke apart. And since, you know, Tom Cruise, because Tom Cruise, made Tom Cruise Productions, because Tom Cruise don't give a fuck. And Lindsey Ratner is, you know, probably somewhere not far from, you know, Tom Cruise, because, you know, they've been tied to the hips, you know, from that time. So, um, um, other markets, uh, I see Russia did $7.6 million, Mexico did $5.1 million, uh, UK rounds out, uh, $4.4 million, um, uh, oh man, uh, yeah, it's not a lot, man, um, I'm trying to see if I can find other markets, but just, yeah, you, you, you can't stop Tom Cruise, like, again, $52.2 million in China, just, just the man is money. He's just money. 54, 54, 55 years old. He's freaking money. It's, it's amazing that man's longevity. It just, even if you don't like him, you gotta say, the man is made of money. God. <laughs> so, um, Jeff Johns of DC, uh, he's the president of, of um, operations up there. Um, he has opinions about the Black Panther footage, um, and I can read it to you here from courtesy of Zimbaplan. Um, he, he, apparently, uh, on Twitter, he said, this looks unreal. Panther was one of my favorite characters right when I was with Marvel. Um, he has high praise of it. Um, so, um, you know, some, you know, some kudos from, you know, DC and Marvel for once. And when, you know, it seems like it's, you know, two of them are fighting so hard because, you know, you know, people want to fight so hard when really it's just two studios, you know, trying to fight for that dollar. And, um, you know, hopefully, you know, over time people understand that um, them battling and, you know, sort of like, you know, ripping each other to shreds is not, it's not only a bad, it's not only, it's, it's terrible for competition, but it also, it, you, you'll kill a brand doing that. So, um, you know, that's cool. You know, Wonder Woman's still doing very well. And I'm sure Jeff Johns is very proud since Jeff Johns, you know, stepped foot into Wonder Woman to, you know, sort of cure the DCEU of its ailing problems, uh, especially with one Zack Snyder, um, who, you know, did a good job with Man of Steel. Um, you know, some opinions, you know, valid, not so much, but, but you know, he did a good job with Man of Steel. Um, but everything else, you know, it, it should be, you know, weary with, with uh, controversy. Um, but, you know, it's good to see Jeff Johns, uh, feel really good about that teaser. And hopefully, you know, for the good folks at DC, hopefully they'll be able to, you know, inspire others and, you know, make creative work because, you know, aside from one woman, like, it seems like, you know, their creative vision is either stifled by the studio or just stifled by, you know, Stiles vision. You know, and, you know, my condolences to Zack Snyder's family. Um, but, you know, Zack apparently, Zack isn't really, you know, the guy for this. And, you know, hopefully once he, you know, realizes that he shouldn't be doing this or, you know, doesn't want to do it, you know, his feelings are, are valid for that. Uh, How Wonder Woman subtly sets up Just League. I thought it was a good article by uh, Simon Blunt. Um, so it kind of, so it talks about, you know, how, how um, Wonder Woman is a good catalyst, a good jumping off point for um, you know other movies in the universe, especially Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad. Um, uh, I'm trying to f- say it in a way I don't want to spoil it. Um, spoil the movie for those that haven't seen it, but pretty pretty much like. It's sort of like, you know, uses Batman v Superman as a catalyst for how, you know, she became what she became from Wonder Woman. Um, she has a job in the library, um, you know, as like an artifact finder herself. And um, I don't think that's too much of a detail because you kind of see it in BVS. I think that those cameras and, um, you know, Bruce and, you know, Diana are at that diner, you know, as Bruce is sort of like, you know, talking about that, you know, that hard drive, that, uh, that, that, that drive uh, that uh, Diana gave her 
to look up um, photos, photos, folders on um, metahumans and stuff. And um, I guess near the end when she's battling, um, she is battling Doomsday along with Supes and uh, Batman, you kind of, um, I guess, as the, as the article references, basically it's just, you know, her sort of like, you know, moving on from, you know, her past, I guess, and, you know, and embracing the hero she is. And it was a good article. Um, it was a really good article. So, um, you know, for those that um, are wanting to be able to read, I guess, you know, that you can do that. Um, Adam West died on Saturday. Um, I, 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 I found out on my phone um, when I was doing some work and uh, um, I'm trying to play a video. I'm trying to pause it. Um, okay, got it. Um, yeah. Um, apparently, he died of leukemia. Um, he had six kids, uh, five grandchildren, two great grandchildren. Um, he was he was funny, man. And <laughs> Batman news. It's a somber day for Batman fans. Oh, At the age of Oh man, what what was Oh god. Um I'll just I'll just say it. Um Yeah, yeah, leukemia, but I was going to say he's funny and um you know, it really I I remember watching Batman one uh, FX FX wasn't the number that it is today. Um, I used to like get up every morning, like around eight eight thirty, to watch reruns of that show. Um, my mom usually was downstairs watching something, and I was I didn't give a damn. I just I just I just I turn on the TV. What's going on? Um, uh, um, yeah, he was he was one of a kind, and um, he'll be sorely missed. And, um, I don't know what to say. Like, I guess my favorite Adam West thing was, like, the Great Ghost episode of the Batman, Batman anime series. Um, I'll probably, I'll have to sit down one day and, like, see, watch it again. Um, it was, it, it was kind of, it, it was kind of apropos because, you know, Adam West was, at the time, was, like, 60-something years old. Um, and, um, with, you know, kids growing up, like I was growing up, you know, getting used to, you know, our Batman at the time was Kevin Conroy, you know, we got another voice of Batman as a throwback, you know, to other people who were fans of Adam West, um, um, back then, um, um, so, like, um, the, he, he was such, he was a joy, man, um, like he was, he was, you know, Batman, you know, back in the sixties, and um, he made it work, and it was cheesy, you know, and it was, but it was fun, and it, it was good to see that, and and um, you know, you know, brooding Batman, I I like, but you know, the more I think about it, you know, seeing him, you know, either repri- reprise his role, or um you know, do other Batman things, you know, old chum and, you know, holy, you know, you know, uh, well, that was, that's just Robin. Um, but, um, <laughs> that's still voice, man. I'm going to miss that. I'm going to miss that guy. Um, you know, family guy. Um, he, you know, he, he brings a lot of that to, you know, to that show, you know, the episodes I've watched family guy. Uh, like I said, Batman anime series, um, um, just being, being Adam West and, I've always felt like he was always Adam West, you know, to to folks. Um, uh, this video. Ads, 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 ads. Um. So yeah, um, you know, I'm trying to find this article on Chris Evans up on a different site now because um, I I'm trying to deal with this. <laughs> Uh, a lot of a lot of behind the scenes stuff at the Film Wonders, uh, small apartment. <laughs> so um, Chris Evans extended his uh, contract for uh, Marvel, um, 
I'll give you a quick um, read about that. Um, so, let's see. Let's see. Let's see what CBR says. Uh, Chris Evans explains why he should extend his contract. Um, yeah. Um, um, apparently, his time isn't over with him. Um, um, basically, I guess in an interview with uh, Telegraph, like Evans encountered his initial fear of joining the Marvel and Cinematic Universe, explaining that he worried about the films actually being good because if things worked out, I have to do all six of them at a time. That was the most terrifying aspect of it. That was going to be so dominating, all-encompassing. It's a fear that the actor appears to have gotten over in time, of course. Not only is the Captain America trilogy improving success for Marvel Studios, but it's also a critical, it's also a critical of him, trilogy of films. Um, he's completed his series of solo films with a character and is set up to, for its up to finish up his original contractual obligations for his Avenger films. He'll be filming on Infinity War through August, yet the actor chose to extend his contract for one more film with a still untitled follow-up to, to Infinity War. The reasoning, because the studio has decided to make the next two Avenger films a two-parter shorts. Um, uh, I had six films in my Marvel contract, so I could have said after the third Avenger film I was done, but they wanted to make... Um, the third and fourth Avenger films as a two-parter. They said they had so many other characters to fit in, the Guardians of the Galaxy, Black Panther, uh, Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, and I couldn't get them all into one movie. Um, of course, with, even with his contract, when Marvel Studios near its finish line, the actor hasn't written up possibly extending his contract again. Then again, with Marvel Studios, Kevin Feige revealing that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is set to look incredibly different following the conclusion of Phase 3. It's hard to know if Captain America with Evans at least will continue to play a role going forward. Yeah, um, about that. Um, there are things they really can do with him, I think. Um, because, you know, C. Rogers, you know, was basically, you know, giving a serum, you know, to continue, you know, to continue, you know, uh, you know, his youthful look, you know, to continue as, you know, you know, C. Rogers, um, she watched Captain America. Um, and, um, of course, you know, frozen time, you know, 70 years, remaining 70 years, you know, to continue on, at least in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's sort of how, you know, he was able to be in the present. Um, so I guess you can sort of keep him as sort of like C. Rogers, you know, aging, you know, and, you know, give the shield to somebody else. So there is that. Um, he could sort of be of like a liaison rather than a than a than a, than a hero, you know, throwing his shield around. So there's a lot you can do with that character, I think, or a lot you can do with Chris Evans, you know, not so much being the action star, but him, you know, showing his act, act, acting prowess, which Chris Evans has has vastly improved on. Um, like Chris Evans has always been a guy, you know, to you know to you know work on his craft. Um, I mean, this was not one of my favorite movies of his, but he was one of the better parts of the Street Kings. Um, like, you know, the guys put in a lot of work and a lot of effort, and, you know, it would suck to see him go, but I understand also if Marvel would like to go in a different direction and you know, recast that character, if, if need be. So, it, it's, all, it's only a matter of time to see what the studio goes with um, in the future. Um, inexplicably, inexplicably, this damn computer is so, uh, it doesn't, it can't handle a lot of data. Uh, man, let me check my phone. Because uh, I had a, I had an article on the Xbox One, um, X, which recently came out. Um, um, so, um, Give me a second. Um, the Verge has an article about uh, uh, Xbox One arriving on the console. And the reason why I'm doing this, not just because I want to get one, but uh, yeah, they're going to put 4K and uh, 1080p. They have the, the Ultra uh, Blu-ray disc. So um, I guess I'll tell you the specifications of the, the new model. Um, oh, man. Cause it, let's see. 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 
this the new console will ship uh, with six teraflops of graphical power, more than its main competitor, um, the PS4 Pro with 4.2 teraflops, which apparently people have not been so happy with the uh, PS4. Um, apparently, um, PS4 is is being caca for um, for um, for Sony, um, which kind of goes hand in hand with uh, the fact that uh, yeah, Sony as a company is not doing very well. Um, so yeah, it's gonna have um, more teraflops, um, more teraflops. Sorry, more teraflops. Um, using a custom GPU engine on Scorpio that runs at eleven seventy two. Now I don't know what that what this shit means. I'm just kind of just reading the article. <laughs> um, but that's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, it, as I say, it's more processing power than than the PS4 uh, Pearl. Um, which, you know, Sony, you know, was beating their chest about, you know, was brought the PS3. It's all about the games, it's all about the games. Um, and the PS4, all about the games, all about the games. Um, even Sony's um, 911MH8Z found in the PS4 Pro. Uh, Microsoft is also shipping uh, the Xbox One X with an Ultra HD Blu ray drive for 4K movies and entertainment and uh, uh, one uh, trillabyte uh, tr- of storage. $500. That is a steal. Think about that. You get all that power. This ain't this ain't like some thousand dollar. Uh, this is half a thousand dollars. It's a fucking steal. And they ain't gotta make another console for I don't know how long. It, they might have this thing for shit another 10, 15 years. Thinking, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm thinking a little too out of the box, but. Good God, Microsoft. Take my money, house, and car. Take it all. Take all my money. The thing I'm looking forward to the most is the fact I can finally play I can finally play Netflix, Hulu, um, I got Interstellar. I got a bunch of I got some deep Blu-ray movies I have not played yet. I want to play on there. I just want to play on it. And just 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 wallow in the success of it. It it just it just it blows my mind just all the shit they have here um it, it's it, it's amazing the technology they have right in their hands and it's just it's a matter of time um of um, what they'll do um comes out November 7th that I do know um which yeah that is uh that's a lot of uh it's time and I was gonna get that it would be a thing on my birthday but uh, I decided to push it further, so um, I'll, I'll get more time to get it. But um, I'll check it. I'm looking at Wonder Woman's box office. Um, Wonder Woman over the weekend made about. Uh, hold on one second. Made about. Jeez. Uh, Fifty-seven million dollars, right? So it made fifty-seven million dollars. Uh, and it is the lowest drop in the DCEU from week to week. 45%. Uh, I think the smallest drop from week two was Man of Steel, which is not a compliment. 65%. So roughly two-thirds of the audience is lost. BBS was worse. I think BBS lost a little over 70% of his audience. Uh, Suicide Squad was not, probably around the same amount. And then Suicide Squad eventually, you know, it Meddled enough that uh, it didn't lose enough market place, and plus, it, it came out at the weakest time of the of the uh, summer campaign, which was able, which for that it was able to make three hundred, you know, plus million dollars, and not be far from BBS. So, um, um, I guess other releases: The Mummy, um, domestic did thirty two million dollars. Captain Underpants, uh, first epic movie, uh, yeah, it guess it held okay, forty eight percent. Uh, Pirate took care of being five. Uh, yeah, um, dropping like a rock. It's a good place now. Um, release percentage wise. Uh, what else? Uh, Guards of the Galaxy still hanging strong at six week. Uh, 37% drop despite Wonder Woman. Um, Baywatch, Baywatch uh, is a flop. $51 million so far in the box. $4.6 million. Oh, by the way, um, Guardians has made $36 million. Wonder Woman has made $205 million. Um, 
the total uh, domestically. Um, Megan Levy with um, Kate Mara is um, did a place. Um, why is this thing freezing? Um, yeah, that did about um, um, three point seven million. Uh, Alien Covenant is number nine at one point eight million dollars, uh, with a shitty seventy one point two million dollars. Everything, everything, uh, which then Warner Brothers uh, better holds. Uh, not this week, a three one percent drop, but it it's made three times the budget, so it did its job. Uh, I guess uh, lastly, there is an article on Ava DuVernay that came out. Um, Go ahead and pull this up on my phone. Uh, if I can find it, it talks about diversity. If I can find it, which I'm not having any success at. Uh, okay, let's see if it complies on my laptop. Um. Give me one second, guys. Guys and gals. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, here we go. Um, Oprah Winfrey and uh, Ava DuVernay are in camera. Um, God, Ava DuVernay is just marvelous. Um, okay. Um, the close friends and frequent collaborators explain how they diversified the crews of uh, Queen Sugar and a Wrinkle in Time. Nearly done. Nearly nil of David Verney's much ballyhooed all-female directing roster for, for from the first season of Queen Sugar will be back for season two. The reason they're all booked, the creator proudly declared in a conversation with Oprah Winfrey and producer Bruce Cohen at the Producer Guild of Hollywood of America's uh, produced by uh, conference held Saturday afternoon on the 20th Century lot. Despite having at least one feature under their belts, most of Queen Sugar season one directors had trouble getting television work until the own. Drama came along said DuVernay. Uh, once you've done it, it opens up, she, she noted, adding that a, that a very good show called her two weeks ago for a female director recommendation. After spending two seconds wishing she could take the gig herself, DuVernay is busy in the editing room for a regular time where she is set to show a director's cut to Disney on Sunday for the first time, probably this Sunday, probably the Sunday that recently just passed. Um, she started t- making calls only to find that all the women were working on other shows. So DuVernay has found another set of female directors to help her be able to start season two, which is at the, the premiere of June 20th. We did it because we can, uh, said uh, Winfrey, an executive producer on the show, as well as obviously owner of the network. It's not easy. It takes an effort. It takes t- effort to find women and people of color for your crew. DuVernay said uh, department heads are used to working with their people. Message. For a week on time, DuVernay warned the heads of each department on her crew not to submit a homogenous list of hires unless they could prove that they, ha- they had considered others. When one attempted to persuade the director that his list consisted of the best people for the job, who also happen, who all happen to be white men, DuVernay was faced with a choice. Okay, this is a $120 million movie, she told herself. She is the first woman of color to direct a live-action movie budgeted at more than $100 million. Do I accept? Instead, she told the apartment head, I believe that you're great, you're the head, I, and I believe that you can come out with a great result with a different crew and make them great too. DuVernay credited her handling of the situation to the freedom she experienced of Queen Sugar. They, where they occasionally had to go the extra mile to dress out a crew, own a green lighted more resources to bring in people who didn't live locally. And in some cases, the show helped others get into guilds and helped pay their membership dues. That's cool. We're in a space now where there's awareness of the need for inclusion, said DuVernay. Now the next level is inclusion. Exclusion. That's dope. Um, that's, yeah, that's good. Um, you know, need more of that in the industry. Um, I still haven't seen Queen Sugar season one. I record all those episodes. And I gotta, I gotta catch it. So, um, that concludes another episode of the Wonder Wonder Confessions. Um, so, um, you can again, you can follow me at uh, Film Wonder on Twitter, Film Wonder at um, uh, Instagram, uh, Film Wonder under uh, WordPress.com. And homeowner.blogger.com. Um, so, um, yeah. Uh, 
I'm out of breath. I, I gotta eat something right now. Um, this is your outro. Peace.